now recording. Welcome everybody to the Art Pros Podcast, episode 73. It's me, Renz. And it's me, Gage. And we are here, we are actually here at Gage's apartment. We are not recording via uh, Discord today. We're not using Craig because we're a little pissed off at Craig. Um... And this isn't, we're not trying to say that this is going to be a regular thing, but it's kind of like a field trip, a little art pros field trip. We're hanging out in the same place. We're coming to you live, actually live, from Baltimore, Maryland. It's us, the art pros. We are the smoothest podcasters in the city. We're the best art podcast, and we are coming to you with that energy this week. We are coming to you with that energy. If you happen to like this episode that you are about to listen to, please visit www.artprospodcast.com to hear more, or you can listen to our podcast on any other major platform. I'm talking about Spotify, I'm talking about iTunes, I'm talking about Google Play, I'm talking about iHeartRadio, Stitcher, you name it, you can listen to it. Follow us on Instagram at paid.artists or visit our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash artprospodcast. There you go. We've got a Twitter too and we'll link to that in the description. We got it all. Just <laughs> look up Art Pros Podcast, Art Pros Podcast Baltimore. You'll find us. You'll get more episodes if you like it. Here we go. It's very, it's very easy to breathe in here. I feel like I am in a base state of meditation at all times. This is straight up an incense household, people. So if you got incense, put that shit up. Kick back. If you're in your studio, man, just I want you to take your paintbrushes and just go clinky, clinky, clink in your in your cup. You know, wash them out. Don't forget to wash your brushes. And Art Pros episode 73. What are we doing today, Rams? We're chilling today. We're chilling hard. We got our, um, we've taken our vitamins and minerals. We've taken some medication, uh, if necessary. We are having a nice tall glass of, well, can of Danish beer, and we're just hanging out. We're we're here. Gage has a very beautiful young six month old cat that's a little bigger than it's supposed to be. Everything is good. The cat's playing. The men are talking over the microphone. Our microphones are hungry. They've been hungry all summer. My God, where do we even begin? Listen, man, let me tell you something. The reason why our cat got so big, it's all the GMOs in the food. The GMOs in the food just make him feel so good. And I just wanna, I wanna feel good like that. Like, you know, a lot of, in the art world, you spend a lot of time looking at art that makes you feel bad or like TV that makes you feel bad or like your bank account and it makes you feel bad. But Mm-mm. sometimes you just gotta kick back, relax and feel good. You know what I'm saying? I think people buy art to feel good. Right? Yeah. That's. I think people try, people don't make art because people make art because they feel bad. People buy art because it makes them feel good. I agree with you 100%. Yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people might make art therapeutically. Some people make art that just makes them feel good. Maybe you're a artist that paints uh, a scenery, scenery that makes you feel good. Maybe you're an artist that paints your pet because you fucking you think that pet is so cool. Like maybe you just paint stuff that you think is cool, like people on Deviant Art do. It's all valid. Or maybe you you're you you're a Bob Ross type. 
and you paint landscapes because you love nature. Oh, you man. just are constantly thinking about nature. We are on the exact same wavelength. Bro, are you telling me you watched that documentary too? No, not yet. I don't want to feel bad about Bob Ross. Oh, well, man. I mean, Bob I know Ross is he... sick. He no indictment on him at all in that yeah. documentary. If you haven't seen it, listeners, I suggest you check it out because it shows you some of the dark sides of the of this rough, rough art business. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're talking about the importance of making art that makes people feel good. I think you got to feel good to make art that looks good, you know, because you're you're kind of just transposing your energy onto the canvas or clay or spaghetti maybe you're a culinary artist you know what i'm saying maybe you're a cakerist and you're making some cake (laughs) that makes you feel good in your stomach man it's it feels good to feel good and as much as artists like to pretend that they make art y'all don't make art just kidding you guys don't make art congratulations um the audience feels what you feel when you make your art. If you make something and you're feeling inadequate, the, the audience is going to look at that art and think, wow, that art is inadequate. <laughs> <laughs> if you make art and you feel good, the audience is going to look at that art and be like, wow, he felt good. And that's why you don't see uh, really angsty paintings from people who truly feel good. You know? Dude. I think, all right. Let me preface the statement by saying every single fucking episode we talk about Jeff Koons. Is Jeff Koons the greatest artist? Is, is Jeff Koons the greatest artist of our generation, Gage? I think he's the best example of everything I'm jealous of. <laughs> I wonder how good Jeff Koons feels sharing his art, his big, giant, shiny balloon animals. Because if you take away the controversy from just experiencing let's say you've never heard of this artist before and you happen to go on vacation at a location where jeff has one of his giant shiny balloon animals if you look at that you might probably i'd say it's more likely if you don't know who jeff coons is it's more likely that you would feel good looking at that big sculpture oh yeah jeff coons art looks like he's doing a moonwalk in front of you like, <laughs> like he's snapping his fingers he's listening to fucking michael jackson and he's not even thinking about the pedophile stuff. And he's just jamming. Like, it makes you envious. And I'm not saying Jeff Koons is a good guy. In fact, I think he's a really bad person because he can do so many bad things and feel good at the same time. Which is amazing. That's a skill. Wait, what pedophile stuff? Michael Jackson's pedophile stuff. Oh, because he's doing the moonwalk. Yeah, because he's doing the moonwalk. Damn, he feels Jackson, so good Jackson that he fire. forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Koons, man, he that motherfucker feels good, and the whole art world hates him. Every art, every artist under the age of forty that meets him, that doesn't tell him to his face that they hate him, goes home and has a story about how much they hate Jeff Koons. Now, this is just, I'm just speculating on that, but I, I can't, I, I burn with envy every time. Every time I look at his art online, I'm just an envious motherfucker. And that's why we're doing this episode, because we got to feel good, man. I wish I felt that good. Right. To, to think, like, I need to find a way to make a giant, shiny balloon animal. That's the last thing on my mind as an artist. Imagine you're sitting there, you have all of these art investors, and they're like, Jeff, Jeff, you're a, you're a fucking genius. That, that bunny you made, it made us $9 million last year. What are you going to make next? <laughs> 
I'm gonna make some sculptures of me fucking my wife. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm gonna make a, a balloon Hulk. Like, you know the, the balloons you can buy at Party City? Yeah, I'm gonna make one of those, but out of metal, and it's gonna be uh, Marvel's The Hulk character. And yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. This is all true, folks. Yeah, it is. those are those are true, tried and true art pieces from Jeff Koons. But I mean, imagine how good you have to feel to like do that. I'm gonna make a painting where it's my own penis right in front of your face, and I'm about to penetrate my wife. And I'm gonna paint my own penis, so you have to look at it. No, that work doesn't make me feel good, but I can feel that he felt good making it. That's that's nasty, Jeff. I know. What You're nasty, dirty. dude. <laughs> but man, Ren's for you. What does it mean? Like, what what does it mean to make a a, a feel good artwork? Well, it's funny you say that because um, I've been making paintings about animals lately. I painted my uh, father-in-law's cat, Molly. Excuse me. I painted my own dog. I painted my own cat. And I painted um, Lola? The, my, uh, my wife's co-worker's dog. Oh, I thought you were talking about Lola Bunny from, from Space Jam. Oh, I would have made it a thick version of Lola Bunny. Yeah, I mean, maybe that was the biggest. Co- I like the seen classic version because because yeah. I want to be controversial. That's well, no, it's it depends on who you're talking to, right? Because it's controversial not to use a, a slim thick Lola Bunny to some people, and it's controversial to use slim thick Lola Bunny to some people. I'm very confused by Twitter. Um, and their their opinions on animated anthropomorphic rabbits it's very creepy i wonder how deviant art feels about it well they want to fuck her so they feel very strongly about it strong <laughs> but that's why deviant art makes feel good art because there's nothing more primal or that feels more good than uh. your fetishes and your your deviant tastes do you know any painters that paint feet? Just feet. Besides myself? <laughs> um, yeah, but I feel like that's more of like a 1960s, like like postmodern, like white guy uh, figure painter type of thing to do. Like Eric Fischel. Like I can imagine. Or like, like I feel like uh, Edward Hopper, the... That's his name, right? Dennis Hopper? What the fuck's his name? The guy who did Nighthawks. I'm pretty sure it's Edward Hopper. Yeah, I feel like that guy has painted some mean fucking feet in his life. Maybe they're not what he's most famous for, but I mean, probably where all his feel-good art went. Caravaggio painted feet. God, I just know a bunch of white guys' names in the art world. I think the uh, costume designer who made the Teletubbies costumes probably felt pretty good. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about <laughs> about the, the Teletubbies are so unsettling. They're pretty creepy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but my, man, like, I'm, I'm, all I'm saying is that guy must have felt pretty good because he forgot about how creepy it looked. Is that a thing? Yeah, of course. Of feel course. too good? I mean, so here's the meat of it, right? Like, you're going to win more friends 
if you make them feel good. You're going to have a bigger audience if you make them feel good. And one of the easiest ways to make them feel good is to have your art make them feel good. And that doesn't mean strapping an auto blow machine to one of your sculptures. It means, you know, making art that you feel good making, that you enjoy making. And they'll see that in your hand. I am like 60% sure of that. What is your uh, favorite type of art to make? What type of art makes you feel the most good to make? Oh, I like doing really, really uh, dumb paintings. <laughs> Paintings about uh, just dumb shit. Like, like uh, I did a painting of an anime guy getting his face punched in with like a creepy woman staring at the anime guy, and I felt good the whole time making it. <laughs> and it it's nice. I mean, like I like painting because an illustration. I mean, we talk about that shit all the time, even though art's such a wide, wide thing. But that shit's just fun. Like painting and and like being like, all right, I want to draw this thing, and then doing that like is is so fucking fun. It's just like messy and and you can just be dumb and do it. Like you don't need to be a a staple genius to make a painting. Um, no, not always. I mean, what what does that even mean when you are an artist? You know, do you need to be a genius to be an artist? Like are artists geniuses? Period. You know, I think like bad artists always think that they're that they're have they have like a special brain <laughs> my brains i'm just wired different you know like, they're built different or maybe maybe they're good artists maybe they make art that is like nice and compelling but i just don't like them and it doesn't maybe. make me feel good i like regular ass people who are like yeah i made this thing and like here's why that that makes me feel good there's a uh, something kind of disheartening about this idea that not every person in the world could be an artist if they if they wanted to like not like take away the the monetary factor of it because you know art is 80 percent business if you want to like make a living doing it but like there's there's a prevalent thought sometimes amongst artists that like not anyone could pick up a paintbrush and and make something beautiful or like not anyone could could learn to sculpt and make something worthwhile like maybe not everyone wants to do that but i think anyone who wanted to any person on this planet has been blessed like the one thing that makes us human is that blessing from god or yahweh or whatever you want to believe in that makes us creative so i don't like when artists are like oh i have a special brain it's like no you just devoted time to it it's as simple as that folks and there's a lot of artists out there that only focus on why art makes them feel good. That's honestly why I started painting. Did, did you lose that? Like, was there ever a time in your life where, like, you kind of lost sight of the, I'm going to do this because it makes me feel good? Um, maybe intermittently, like, throughout my painting career. When I, when I first started to take it seriously, I would try to think of ideas that really were going away from the original kind of feeling that I have when I make art that I think is that I think is good. Yeah. Sometimes I get distracted and try to go too far off from what I usually do. And then I'm like, man, this doesn't look good. And then I realize like, Oh, that's because it wasn't, I'm, 
that's because I was just trying to emulate something. That's because I was just trying to deviate away from what I was most comfortable doing. And sometimes you get and find a breakthrough when you do stuff like that. But um, you just got to kind of be aware of it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Definitely. And I think you touched on something that I think is really important to distinguish. And it's there's like this really for those of you who like went to art school there's like this really common thing which is like push yourself outside of your comfort zone like push past your boundaries which i agree with 100 percent. and anything if you want to grow you should push past your boundaries but um there's a fine line and there there's something you need to distinguish which is you need to feel good about pushing past the boundaries that you're pushing past so what i mean is like like you may be someone who does um, really realistic sculpty uh, sculptures, and then you hear that phrase like "push past your boundaries," like do something risky, and you you may interpret that as "oh, I should try and do a painting," but I don't like doing paintings. So then you try a painting and it's and it's not good, and you didn't have fun doing it. It didn't feel good to do. But you still push past your boundaries, but you didn't grow. I mean, it's important to feel good and to to have the drive to to grow. And that drive, like motivation is not like discipline is not motivation. And motivation comes from feeling good. And what's required for discipline is motivation. And that's what's going to help you grow. So when when if I were your teacher and I said you need to push past your boundaries, I would only suggest in art, I would only suggest that you push past your boundaries in a direction that you're scared that you want to try, but you're scared to do. For example, let's say you're like, uh, you're that same Sculpey sculptor, but you look at all this art that's like graffiti and you're like, you've never tried it. And you're like nervous. Go out and do some fucking graffiti. Don't be such a coward. And if it feels good while you're doing it, even if it's bad, it'll probably still feel good because you actually want to be there and you will grow. That's the fuel that feeds the flame is, you know, you just don't forget where you came from in your art uh, expedition into getting better at it. If you are an artist, if you want to, if you are a new artist and you want to try something um, that you've never done before, which is to make art. Make art about stuff that makes you feel good, like paint a picture of your dog. Paint For me, it was cartoons. Like I loved watching cartoons. I don't want to draw the cartoons. Uh, or just maybe drawing and painting is a way for you to challenge yourself to learn new skills. Maybe you want to learn how to, how to paint your dog. You don't know how to do that. And for experienced artists, like just don't forget about that fact of um what you like to do because sometimes it can get in the way um and you know for some people it's not a problem for some people it is yeah i think fundamentally if you like an art form you can find a new way of making that will have those characteristics that you liked about the the original art form like you like drawing cartoons you like the colors in cartoons you liked the the emotions that the characters display and you're like you know i want to take some of those things and i want to move into figure painting or i want to move into into painting pets 
And like you can capture those things that made you, made you excited about that subject matter initially and move forward with that. It's fucking awesome. Art is sick. Yeah, man. I was big into that cartoon uh, emulation as a child. Um, but when I was really, really young, I would just draw things that I saw. Like one time I was at the airport when I was three or something like that. And my dad had me wait in a chair because he needed to talk to a flight person to figure out our next flight or whatever. And I would draw, I tried to copy the Korean letters because I'd never seen anything like that before because it was really little. Yeah. Because I wanted, I was drawing like a banner for something and I wrote whatever Korean words it said on this banner that I saw. Um, And then I started to draw people but I was really little, and once I became self-aware, I started to get like uh, a little frustrated that it didn't look like the person that I was drawing because I was like, this "Oh is- yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're like, oh, this yeah. sucks." <laughs> yeah, and that's where cartoons kind of became an epiphany because I was like, "Wow, this is like this is also drawing people, but it doesn't look like the people," and that made me feel pretty good, you know. So, so what makes you feel good? It sounds like is is developing the skill of drawing like of taking something from from real life and translating it accurately or at least that was like where you started from yeah and then you you moved onward from that and you found other things along the way that made you feel good that you kept pursuing and now you do fucking murals you know yep yeah like it's if you guys don't know my boy ren's here professional muralist he's a boss he gets the work done quick because it makes him feel good murals rule because there's nothing like seeing a piece of art and it affecting you just because you like it that's the first um time i the first time i realized i wanted to paint was because of that you know was did you see like a big mural and you're like wow this is fire no not a mural i was in the i was taking art history classes in community college and they showed this painting on the projector and i was like whoa like that's really cool (laughs) and i just felt so good about this painting that i decided to try painting because back then i was drawing like in black and white do you think all artists are nerds probably yeah yeah you gotta be a little nerdy to dedicate your hours and hours and hours to something so specific and intricate i guess (laughs) i think pretty often about how um how art is like this thing that mo- like a lot of people feel drawn to doing and they just do it because they love it. And I feel like that's the power of the nerd too. Like whatever whatever thing that a person has that they're so obsessed with that they that they do it compulsively, like that's a nerdy sensibility. And like that's why all the good artists are are kind of nerdy because those are the ones that are willing to address what action makes them feel good. They're willing to pursue doing that and and do it honestly because they don't really care what other people think about it. Like the biggest detriment I've ever done to myself as someone who makes stuff is care what someone else is gonna think of it. Especially since it's not paying my fucking rent. Like, um, otherwise I'd be a designer. 
like it, and i think mm. that's like a pretty clear distinction between like designers and artists like I, I don't think that there's any deviation in skills or anything but designers have a client which means you do need to care what other people think and why design's probably a lot harder to make something that is soul touching to to a broader audience of people because you have a stricter you have a clientele you have a you have a strict need to fulfill you do that's a responsibility designing is kind of like light engineering a little bit yeah <laughs> with like a lot more aesthetical aesthetic and uh functionality it's 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 pretty close to engineering actually they have so many rules that they need to follow i think the biggest thing is that like if you fuck up a design someone's not gonna like get their head chopped off on a roller coaster or something oh man that's yeah that's that's <laughs> yeah. <a> little, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe someone will chop your head off because you made something so bad that they don't like it but yeah uh, the, i like art because it's safe and that's what makes me feel good about it. Like, I don't ever feel like I'm in danger making art. Um, but maybe maybe that's why. Maybe that's why we're not, like, big hotshot MoMA people yet. Is because we don't make risky art that makes us feel good. Like, like I haven't been so brave as to paint something evil that a politician I don't like has done. And then say, yeah, that guy's bad. Some people... Uh, some people think doing risky things feels good yeah yeah good thing art, they got to art before heroin you know mm. or both that's very risky yeah that's very risky that's like a that's kind of like a classic thing to do is uh everybody wants to believe that artists are all they like to experiment with drugs because it makes them feel good artists do drugs yeah I mean, they do. Artists do drugs, every, but no, everybody, everybody does, does drugs. drugs. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing is like you see on TV, maybe not now, but like in the 90s, like it would always be like some pot smoking hippie and then they'd be an artist. Yeah, this like... Everyone smoked weed, This man. executive in a tie is hanging out of his limo with fucking cocaine powder on his upper lip, pointing at an artist, laughing at him because they're like, I don't know, laying on the sidewalk high on weed or something high on the marijuana with no prescription ate too much pot brownie in an illegal marijuana state and they're not reliable (laughs) (laughs) i mean i mean i mean you know that's up for debate that's not really that hard of a take yeah uh, (laughs) if i needed something done i'd definitely hire a designer before an artist because you know feel good on your own time don't feel good on my time if I'm paying you, I want to feel good. This is business. We're business. sharing this time, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you share that time for that moment. That's why uh that's why I get such a bug up my ass about like people wanting to not pay artists or like pay them an exposure and shit because like they're not doing their thing. They're doing a thing for you. So obviously they're not they're not committing to it to feeling the highest good. So you should pay them more so that the money makes them feel good. Or so that they can feel good on their own fucking time. Also, if you underpay an artist, they're just going to do shitty work anyways. The problem with uh, quantifying uh, the value of art is that what you're doing is you're quantifying uh, how good this art makes somebody feel. Because, I mean, all right, here's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say that because... 
you gotta feel good to spend five figures on a piece of art that you like. You yeah. know, this is your <laughs> art now. Yeah. And if you feel like shit after you bought a big painting for ten grand, like I don't know, man, you got go go figure it out because that doesn't make any <laughs> sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I felt like shit buying five dollar stickers before. But like, <laughs> this is ten grand. Like, you're. I imagine you're buying this painting to flex. You're buying it because you feel that good. Like, I'm fucking rich. Fuck it. I'm gonna buy this dude's painting. I don't care. Do you think that's what this... derailed the art market? Is what? like. Like uh, wealthy collectors chasing their feeling of the highest good and the way that they feel good is by flexing, by spending money. So they just like spent money on the most ostentatious bullshit they could find. No, this isn't bullshit. This art is well known. This art has a brand. You said if you got this piece of art, you're you're knowledgeable about art. Oh, it's like you know what I mean? Lemon. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. It's kind of like, I got a Basquiat in my house. If I said that to you, you'd be like, no. I'd be pretty, uh, yeah. You'd, you'd be flip like, out. really? If anybody told me that, I'd be like, whoa. That yeah. guy? Yeah. <laughs> the one that everyone knows? Oh, shit. Yeah, dude. I got a, I got a, a Pablo Picasso in my bathroom, bro. Damn, if you got Picasso money, you must have cocaine. You want to go hang out? <laughs> Yeah, dude, I got my Pablo Picasso in my bathroom with all the shower steam messing it up. <laughs> That's how good I feel. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it must be nice to be like a wealthy collector and like not care about art because like you don't have to hire conservators or anything. You just throw it in the trash, you know, like, I don't know if anyone actually does that. That'd be You're, really dumb. But one day, like, one day a rich person's going to run out of plastic bags for their trash. No, they're not taking out their own trash. <laughs> I can't see a snare. I was going to try to say that this rich person, or maybe, maybe, maybe their cleaning person called out and they're fucking so pissed off because they ran out, or they don't even know where the trash bags are located. They don't even know what a, what a grocery store looks like. No. So they don't know where to get trash bags. From. No. So they're so mad that they just grabbed this painting off their wall. That's, that's a true George Bush story, by the way. And they pull, rip off the canvas from it and just use it as a trash bag. Maybe. I heard a story of like Nancy Pelosi not knowing how to use a turnstile. Huh? Like a subway like turnstile, like having never seen one. What did I mean? But like, what? What was the reaction to that? I don't, I don't understand. know, dude. I, I I have to I have to see if I can find the video. Maybe it's maybe I'm full of shit. Did Nancy like try to crawl through it on like her knees and try to like? No, she thought it was an interactive art piece, so she just looked at it for an hour. Trying to figure out what does this mean. That's not a bad art piece to put a it, like one of those turnstiles in the center of a room. Yeah, <laughs> so you can just walk around and you don't really need to use it. No, that sounds like a terrible that's, art that's, piece. That's a, that's a pretty good one. No, it's not nearly <laughs> as good as the spam pig from last episode. That was amazing. That might <laughs> be. Made that might be. That might be. You know what pushes me over the top as an artist. I think if you the made that spam. and then two more pieces of that level, you could be in the Venice Biennale. As long as it made you feel good. I mean, feel, feel, feel pretty good about thinking about it right now. Yeah, man. Sometimes that's all it takes is just thinking about shit. I mean, that's why we make this podcast, right? It's because it feels good to think about things. Mm, I got one. Let's hear it. So, in uh, Filipino immigrant culture, what you would do... 
we may have talked about this in a previous episode, is uh, you send stuff back to the Philippines, right? And that's called a balikbayan box. A box that returns to your country is the translation. So it's this giant box, and you could fill it up to, I guess if you're shipping it, it could be pretty heavy. I don't, I don't remember there being any restrictions because I was too young to like wonder if you're or even know that there are any weight limits for these boxes but we would fill it up with canned food toothpaste like american things (laughs) you fill this box up with american things because when it gets back to the philippines the people you send it to are going to be so they're going to feel so good for getting this box of american stuff because american stuff is cool like a cory in the house dvd Yes. Also, another pedophile. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. The world is not good right now. If you ever wonder where all of your mismatched sock pieces go, they go in that Balik Bayan box, and they get sent back to the Philippines along with single slippers and fucking, like, half of a necklace. VHS tapes, uh, Little Mermaid VHS tapes, uh, Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. All the, <laughs> like all all the Disney shit. movies. <laughs> Yeah, maybe like maybe your sister wants like a Taylor Swift CD. Yeah, yeah, you just like Jordans. You Hell put yeah. American stuff in that box because American. in the Philippines, American stuff is cool. Just like here, Japanese stuff is cool. You know, is it's there kind a of like the like, same way? Like American, the American version of Weeaboo's in the Philippines. American booze, like American booze. I don't know. People, people, some people over there, I don't know if it's still like that today, but like Western stuff is cool over there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, But anyways, that would be an interesting idea, like box donation corner. I don't know. How how would you do that legally? Like people would put crazy stuff in there, right? Wait, was this, did this start as like Like, a party you were trying to come up with? Yeah, that's what what I was trying (laughs) to start. Okay, okay. Maybe I didn't explain uh, you, you feel it thoroughly. With, uh, I don't know the American version of spam, which is just Nathan's hot dogs. <laughs> but who do you give it to? This is not a good idea. This is you a horrible it, one. You ship it to Duterte himself as a statement on the strength of the West. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know. No, that wasn't a good idea. This is how, this is how it works, people. You hash things out. No, I got you. We fill Balik Bayan box with Nathan's hot dogs, Heinz ketchup. And Ford hubcaps, and you send it to Duterte because he does not like America. And when he gets all that stuff, he'll be like, "Damn, this is pretty dope." These hot, he's gonna take that first bite of that Nathan's hot dog, and he's gonna stop being an authoritarian right there. It's gonna I don't be know. fucking awesome. No, I don't think so because he's he's gonna he's not gonna be used to a hot dog that isn't bright red. In the Philippines, <laughs> they sell these hot dogs that are literally like bright red with the like the dye that you're not supposed to eat. Yeah, and it's this. It's called uh, juicy foods or something like that. <laughs> and I don't know if I want a juicy red hot dog, dude. It I I grew up on that. I like it. I let me <laughs> juicy food hot dog from the Philippines. Anyways, I grew up on those hot dogs, and um. They're bright red. I think Duterte is going to look at this uh, Nathan's hot dog and think it looks weird because it's pale in color. Oh, he's going to think that bright, it's weak. He's going to think it's a weak. Of, yeah. of the Americans' lack of flavor. Maybe. He's going to say, why would I want a Ford built tough hubcap when I could have a Hyundai hubcap? 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Good point. Good point. It's called pure foods. Pure, pure foods. foods. Yeah, they're red, but they're <laughs> not. They're pure not foods. pure. No, dude, they're bright red. I mean, it looks good. Like when you see that on your plate, it looks like you were living in a cartoon because it's this bright red hot dog. We didn't know about red dye number forty-five or whatever it's called. You know. Well, you gonna learn today. <laughs> you gonna learn today. So, anyway, I think that I think that uh, the kernel of the Bollock Bayan box is a great place to start for an art piece, as long as it makes you feel good. And the feel good part would be actually sending a dope box back to the Philippines. Cool shit. Yeah, like Pablo that's, Picasso's. That's. Yeah, that's how it gets complicated. You know, how do you regulate that? I got you, bro. Okay, so what we're going to do, we're going to call it reverse colonialism. Mm. And we're going to go and we're going to steal all the, a bunch of American art, some like Edward Hopper's, some, is Diplo American? Some Diplo DVD uh, CDs. Um, (laughs) I don't know about that. We're going to steal, who's another famous American artist? Richter artworks. We're gonna steal some Jeff Koons and we're gonna put it in a Balak Bayan box. I don't think Richter's German. I think. Oh god damn it. Um well think of American artists you like. We're gonna steal all of their Basquiat. We're gonna steal a bunch of Basquiat's. Okay. Oh, this is already fucked up. And we're gonna ship it to a museum in the Philippines. <laughs> right? Sounds like a really bad idea, dude. <laughs> and then they install their own art show and then they keep the art. It, we, and we call it reverse colonialism. That's a, that's that's very conflicting. <laughs> <laughs> that that might be the worst idea, but it just might be edgy enough to work. They can't all be shack butter sculptures, okay? Dude, have you ever heard of the um, musicians in? I might have been the seventies. These, I don't think they were all musicians. Anyway. Uh, these Japanese people hijacked an airplane. Hell yeah. In the 70s. And it was going, I don't remember where it was going, but one of the, um, people that were a part of the plan was a bassist for this band. And these people were really into communism and they demanded for this plane to take them to Cuba because they loved communism and they wanted to be a part of Fidel Castro's regime. Their problem was that the plane wasn't able to go to Cuba because it would have been too far away for that plane to go. Wouldn't have been enough fuel. So they said, okay, well, you got to take us to North Korea then. Then we'll we'll be a part of that group or else we're going to blow everything up. So um, the Japanese uh, government was on the phone with like or, or on the intercom, radio, flyer, intercom. Um trying to negotiate with these terrorists. Um, And they came up with a plan. So anyways, the plane, they they agree. They're like, all right, we're going to take you to North Korea. They fly. They're flying, and and these hijackers are, like, convinced. They're happy. Like, all right, we're going to go to North Korea. And the airplane pilot gets this message from North Korea um, telling them to get the fuck out. And they fly these planes, like these these fighter planes start shooting at the airplane, but they miss. So, you know, it's interpreted as like warning shots, like get out of here from North Korea. So 
Um, finally, the pilots get uh, radio. Uh, the 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 they get to talk to the people in North Korea, and they're like, "All right, we're trying to land. These people are uh, hijacking our plane." They let them land. They get down, and there's this parade to greet the hijackers because they're so happy for the hijackers to be joining their regime, their communist regime. Turns out that they flew to South Korea. <laughs> And they organized and faked everything. They never went to North Korea. Those fighter planes were just, you know, they were just tricking these hijackers. And when they got down, you know, everybody, I guess, before the plane came down, switched all the flags and all the signs and whatnot to be North Korean related. And it totally tricked these hijackers because, you know, they played music and they had the loudspeaker saying, welcome to North Korea. Like, 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 good job, guys. You made it like just come on down and we'll we'll greet you with open arms. Thank you for wanting to be communist. And we're not talking shit about communism or anything at all, but we're talking shit about these hijackers who just got fucking duped for being stupid. And also the big brain idea of Japan working with South Korea to trick these hijackers. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking that they landed in North Korea. Anyway. Well, we don't need to call communists stupid. We don't? No, because they fell for that shit. Well, so you can just draw a conclusion from that as you wish. <laughs> um, what I want to know is where the fuck did South Korea get all the North Korea shit? Like, like, they had to find the hungriest people that they could find. They had to find people that all looked like they don't know what a plane is right because people don't come in and out of north korea <laughs> i don't know dude <laughs> like it's that's an elaborate hoax i hope this is real it's real oh hell yeah it's so how do we turn real. that into an offensive artwork <laughs> that makes us feel good oh man that's what i want to know <laughs> i don't even know why i brought it up i guess it's because the bassist the bassist from a band was a part of this group that hijacked the plane yeah, it was probably some friggin' communist hippie didn't want us to <laughs> didn't want us to leave Afghanistan or something. I don't know. Uh oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't know anything about communism uh, because I grew up in capitalism, and capitalism makes me feel good. Without capitalism, we wouldn't have Shrek, <laughs> and I fucking love Shrek. And Shrek is the is the best example. Like, if you identify with Shrek in those movies, then you don't support communism at all. Because that was his swamp. That was his swamp. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You get what I'm saying? If you fuck with Shrek, you don't fuck with communism. And he let Donkey, which is the uh, uh, Republicans, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Follow him around. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. See what I'm saying here? Oh my god, my <laughs> fucking brain just expanded. Shrek is political as fuck, dude. I, when you, bro, when you said that, like, you know the scene from The Grinch when the heart grows three times bigger and then, like, busts <laughs> out of the heart hole, like, the heart container? I felt yeah. like that, but with my brain. <laughs> <laughs> and that made me feel good, bro. That made me feel fucking great. That's what I'm talking about, man. Like, <laughs> symbolism. Everything is uh, everything is trying to control your mind using symbolism. 
You guys don't yep. know this, but Ren's ma- a magical tweed jacket and a corncob pipe appeared in his hand because that was the most wise shit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Everything is trying to control your brain with symbolism. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> oh, man. It's crazy how, like, you see so many like people who are like bad faith actors doing fucked up shit and they're so happy you know what i mean like i don't think the grinch was any happier than he was when he was stealing those fucking presents he's got that big ass smile he's creeping around on the rooftops he he was really (laughs) he was really happy he's green dude yeah he's fucking he was stoked I think his heart got small because he used it too much. Yeah. Like, he got too happy and it ran out of juice. He felt so good. (laughs) He felt so good doing the things that brought him joy. And he only got the chance for joy once a year because the thing he loved most was stealing Christmas from others. That's because the Grinch probably ate too much meat, probably ate too much red meat and fat and cholesterol, clogged up his arteries. And that's why his heart got so big from that big-ass feast. Yeah. No, I mean, that's how his heart got shriveled. Because it was because oh. it was clogged up. Oh, and it couldn't get all the blood in there. No, dude, yeah, dude, he had he had he had some heart disease. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, the Grinch was American. Oh, probably. Shit, Americans <laughs> the Grinch do hate American. Christmas. I think American is the Grinch's nationality for sure. So, what's the takeaway, art-wise, for this whole conversation? <laughs> what's the takeaway? <laughs> what's the takeaway? Maybe you need to make some art about the Grinch. Yeah, motherfucker. Make some art about the Grinch. <laughs> uh, uh, if you feel good making something, people will probably like it. Uh, I think it's that simple. I think that's the takeaway. Like yeah. art, art. Sometimes you, sometimes you got to keep it simple. Sometimes you need to throw a wrench in your system and challenge yourself, even though it doesn't feel good. And you'll probably learn something, but don't let it distract you from. Your bread and butter because then yeah. you'll starve yeah and then you won't feel good being hungry ask yeah. north korea you're gonna be hungry <laughs> <laughs> um here's the thing people here's the thing i love communism <laughs> i love communism it makes me feel good but making art makes me feel even more good and if you feel good making art, it's gonna look good. You're gonna put your your all into it, you know. And that's it. You're gonna feel like you're built different. Yeah, you're built different. You're gonna feel like you just had a Red Bull. Yeah, you're gonna fly. I'm flying. Have you're gonna soar. Yeah. Look, look, look. All we're trying to say is we feel good right now. This is why we're talking about feeling good. We're feeling good making this podcast, sharing our big, big, big brain ideas. I know we sound goofy sometimes, but that's just because we feel good. I mean, why but, do podcasters like making podcasts? They like to, it makes them feel good to hear themselves <laughs> talk. I listen to my podcasts. I listen to my own podcast. If you don't look at your own fucking art, what are you doing? It should yeah. make you feel good to look at it. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. That's a secret formula. That's how you make good art. Yeah. 
It has the word good in it. If someone says that they don't look at their own art, they don't listen to their own music, like, I'm not saying that you should be, like, Kanye levels with it, like, throwing that shit on in the car on a road trip. Like, yeah, I'm gonna listen to fucking Donda and then 808s and Heartbeats straight through this whole road trip, this drive to Canada. Like, you don't need to be like that. But if you made something true to yourself, like an anime protagonist type, type beat, you're gonna want to engage with it. I recommend you uh, strongly consider believing you are the protagonist of your open canvas. Yeah. Yep. I, yeah. Yeah. You know, open up some Keke Genkai. Fucking mm-hmm. drop a Rasengan on that, on, you know, <laughs> on that studio. Yeah, dude. Really shake things up. Yeah. Just do it. Just fucking do it. Shia LaBeouf felt good his whole career. Yeah, just kidding. I don't know about I don't know about him. Do you think uh, Damien Hurst feels good about his art? That motherfucker made a skull covered in diamonds out of platinum. What about those pills? Yeah, made those pills. He just did Drake's album cover. I don't know. The album cover kind of stinky. I like emojis. I like pre- the idea of a pregnant emoji turns me on for some reason. I like I like emojis too, but considering like this is what grinds my gears. I wonder how much Drake paid Damien Hurst to do that, and Damien Hurst probably didn't even do it. Like thirty bucks. <laughs> Found his ass on Fiverr. I mean, when's the last time you heard of Damien Hurst doing anything? <laughs> I don't like that cover, man. That cover's stinky as hell. Yeah, but Drake's music. I mean, look. If there's ever a better sign that someone is fucking with the devil, it's that you know the lyrics to like 80% of their songs without having ever, ever consensually put put it on. I have Mm. never gone into Spotify and been like, I'm gonna throw a Drake album on. Yet... Anytime a song of his comes on, I know all the fucking words. That's like some black magic shit. I got a counter argument. Do you think the Baja men are uh, infiltrated by black magic? Because I remember a lot of the lyrics for Who Let the Dogs Out. Bro, I had a Baja men CD, so I'm biased in this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) You think they're evil? It was. No, I don't. I had the Baja men CD, and the. this is I not see. a bit the fucking Shrek soundtrack. Those are like two of the earliest CDs I had as like a child, like 2001, 2002. Um, so I'd listen to Hallelujah and uh, All That Glitters Is Gold. No. Smash Mouth. Yeah. Uh, the Smash Mouth song. I, uh, yeah. Somebody. And then fucking Baja Men. Which has a better soundtrack, the Shrek soundtrack or Tony Hawk Pro Skater? Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Okay. Iconic. I mean, yeah. uh, okay. I wouldn't know who Nas was without Tony Hawk Underground. Tony Hawk Pro Skater had a lot of good music. Yeah. That that game just had good taste, period. Oh, yes. Yeah, it, it was fucking... Um, it was like the North Korea of video games. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. Literally exactly the same. Yeah, exactly it was that impressive. I was really... Really into it. It's so captivating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how about this? Uh, how about 
how about uh how about uh uh art that makes you feel bad Renz? what do we have to say about that Boo. 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 That's a South Korea. Boo. Oh, yeah. Samsung sucks. No. <laughs> oh, stop providing us with all of the world's crisp monitors. Yeah, fuck you. I hate screens and monitors, man. Yeah, me too. What I want is starvation and, and uh, poverty. Poverty. Yeah. Capitalism, baby. I can't wait till someone. Uh, my, my favorite hot take about North Korea is, oh, that's not real communism. That they didn't do it right. It's like, all right, well, who's they didn't do it right? Who's gonna do it right? Like, point point to someone doing it right, and then we can have this conversation. You guys, I used to be. I used to say unironically that I fuck with communism, and I'm coming out to you now, coming out to you guys now as a capitalist. I'm gonna lift myself up by these. By these <laughs> I can't even. Say Damn, it. you could, you couldn't stick with a character. I'm gonna lift myself up by these fucking Velcro, Velcro shoe, shoe straps. Straight to the middle class, baby. Oh God. Oh. Do communists have Crocs? No. <laughs> And if we haven't sold you with that, I don't know what else we could tell you. Cap the thing about capitalism is in America, um, because we are so focused on efficiency, every type of shoe is a Velcro type of shoe. Hell yeah. You gotta be you gotta be able to put on your shoes quick because you gotta hit the door. You gotta get out the door, you gotta get to work. You gotta get to work because you gotta make more money for your for for the machine. You gotta do your eighteen hour work day. Yeah. Oh wait, that's not us. This sounds like Japan, dude. This sounds like some communist shit. <laughs> Japan's not communist. No. Are they? No, definitely not. They're yeah, they're probably closer to capitalism than we are. I mean, we don't live in a capitalist system. Like we live in a highly dude. social. Okay. Never I, mind. I got a conspiracy, dude. Oh, shit. Is capitalism fake because it's got capped in the beginning? Oh, shit. That makes me feel good. <laughs> capitalism is cap. All caps. Cap italism. Oh, shit. Cap notalism. Cap, cap italism. Because whatever the it is an ism is probably cap. How come uh <laughs> how come I never like have people how come all the people who like talk to me about communism and lefty shit are always like like I went to school with you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we went to private school together. <laughs> you know? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> that punchline. All right, man. I feel I feel great about this episode. I can't wait for this to come out. You got, you got. We forgot to fucking plug our shit in the beginning. Hopefully, people are here to to the end. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, I might just stick this in the beginning if we nail it. If we really nail it. First try, no struggle. All right, we're going full circle here. You are listening to the Art Bros Podcast. I am Renz B. And I'm Gage B. We did this part. 
This is what we're sharing with you today. If you happen to like this episode that you are about to listen to, please visit www.artprospodcast.com to hear more. Or you can listen to our podcast on any other major platform. I'm talking about Spotify, I'm talking about iTunes, I'm talking about Google Play, I'm talking about iHeartRadio, Stitcher, you name it, you can listen to it. Follow us on Instagram at paid.artists or visit our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash artprospodcast. There you go. We've got a Twitter too and we'll link to that in the description. We got it all. Just look up Art Pros Podcast, Art Pros Podcast Baltimore. You'll find us. You'll get more episodes if you like it. Here we go. How's that? That was great, man. I felt good. Let's cut that into the beginning and keep it at the end. Yes. That's what's, <laughs> I, that's, I think that should happen. That makes sense. I'm just going to use that. We should use that for the intro. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, man. Uh it's been great talking to you guys. I hope you all feel really good. Yeah, pardon us for acting dumb, but it feels good to act dumb. Best part. Yeah. Too much pressure to uh, try to be smart all the time. All right, guys. We love you. Peace. Peace. When the party was right, the party was jumping. Everybody's having a ball Till the fellas start the name calling And the girls respond to the call Hear a woman shout out Now man behind